The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Inside Out with your host, Beth Green. This is James Maynard, your co-host. Today's topic, illness. Myths and mayhem. Some of us don't even want to use the word illness. We have to talk about health. But we all experience illness, from mild to severe, from passing to chronic, and our attitude toward it can dramatically impact our lives. In fact, it can sometimes mean the difference between life and death. Talk about denial, for example. So let's talk about illness and how we treat it. On this episode of Inside Out, we'll ask you, how is illness treated in your family of origin? How is it treated in your current family or culture? Do you deny it, worship it, exploit it? Do you accept it in yourself but not in others or vice versa? Why? Where did you get your attitudes? What are you teaching your children? Does your attitude help or hurt the physical or mental health of yourself and those around you? Don't miss this opportunity to talk about illness, some myths about it, and the mayhem those myths can create. Stay tuned, call in, and ask Beth intuitively guided help. And join our post-show forum, which is at our host page of Inside Out, to continue the conversation. And now, here's Beth from the Inside Out. Welcome to this program. I have to say, James, that um, I looked at the date and I said, oh, no, look what I chose to talk about right before Thanksgiving. I mean, is this a topic... (laughs) That is going to endear us to our audience. We're getting ready for heartburn and the rest. I mean, this is the pre-Thanksgiving show. A lot of you will be listening to this on Thanksgiving or just before Thanksgiving or right after Thanksgiving, which means that you want to be talking about turkey and you want to talk about stuffing and you want to talk about holidays and all that good stuff. But what do we talk about on Inside Out? Illness. Illness. That's the kind of guys we are. Truly. And I am so appreciative that we have, believe it or not, a growing audience of listeners. Yes. Do you, do you believe that? I've been seeing it. The numbers are going up, up, up. Oh, what does this mean? This means that you guys out there are like me. You believe that we need to live in reality. I mean, people are ill all the time. I mean, just because it's Thanksgiving doesn't mean you don't have to deal with illness. In fact, you may be dealing with flus and all kinds of other stuff. So there it is. I felt guided to talk about this today. And it's, I mean, let's face it. Illness is an inconvenient truth. Mm. Isn't it? Yes. You know, holiday, no holiday. Age, you know, it, it gets us more as we age, but we can hit it when, our, when we're young. So... There is so much to say about illness. I love the topics, the questions that are in the e-card. I'd like to address them, and I'd like to encourage our callers to call in. So, James, would you give our number? Be glad to. Please call us at one 472 
1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. All right. Now, I'm perfectly serious about the questions that we asked, uh, you know, in the, uh, in the introduction. You know, do you worship illness? Do you exploit illness? Do you deny illness? What is the culture? Do you believe in some of the more modern beliefs that all illness is emotionally based? I mean, what do you believe? I have a lot of my own opinions about illness. First of all, I'm an expert in it. (laughs) As I've shared with you guys, I've been chronically ill for more than 54 years. And to me, illness is a daily inconvenient truth. And... Okay, James, I want you to ask me as a spiritual, spiritually enlightened, dedicatedly conscious person, how do I feel about illness? How do you feel about illness, Beth? It it sucks. (laughs) It totally sucks. Now, um, can I give you, I could, I could give you a (laughs) 20-minute wrap on embracing the value of illness. And it would be very convincing because, of course, it's true. But this is the way I see everything in reality. It's like if you're going to have to put up with it, at least get something out of it. Mm. You know, that's that yeah. uh, aphorism of mine, which is to uh, turn shit into fertilizer. Doesn't mean yeah. that it isn't shit, but used in the right way, it can be something useful. So there's no question in my mind that illness can be something that can build your character, build your understanding. I mean, we can always use it. But would I rather not have it? Yes. Sounds that way to me. Now, there are people who actually want to be ill, or at least they want to pretend they're ill, or they like to focus on their illness because they think that that's going to get them some special privileges, and maybe that's something that you experience in your family. But I would say that for most of us, Illness is very, very hard to cope with, and I don't think that I, – I, I think that I have evidence of that. You want to know what the evidence is? Yeah. Look at everybody running to doctors and running to alternative healing things and looking for uh, magic energy cures and pills and whatever it is, whether it's a psychic healing or a spiritual healing or a physical healing, everybody's after it now. I know that there will be some people who say, well, unconsciously you still want to be ill, but I don't think so. I think most people would rather be well. Pain is extremely hard to deal with. It's very hard to really enjoy your life when you don't have any energy, and you may get into some neurotic patterns when you've been ill, but in any given moment, most of us, given a choice, would say, oh my God, I wish I felt well. I know I do. When I do feel well, I'm happy. I mean, I'm singing and dancing around the house. <laughs> so, and I know it isn't just me. But anyway, we are, we've got to talk about this topic because we have all kinds of cockamamie ideas about illness. And we're going to get into it right now. So, James, I heard you volunteer Something about your families. Why don't we might as well start with the family of origin, right? Sure. What was the attitude towards illness in your family of origin? We could not afford to be sick. Yeah, whatever you had going on, minimize it or deny it. Why, why fa- do you say? Well, my father. You my father was a bricklayer, 
-hmm. He worked in all kinds of weather in North Dakota, Minnesota, uh, in the dead of winter. He could not afford to be sick. And so he would work sick. And we were expected in our family not to incur doctor bills because it was ah. paid, paid right out of the pocket. And so the only stuff that we were really uh, was acceptable was things like chicken pox, and flu, and measles. And, uh, and those are the times we got to stay at home and receive motherly love <laughs> in, a, in the form of Campbell's chicken soup. <laughs> oh. and, and saltine crackers. <laughs> Ooh, I don't know how good that was. Well, okay. So delving into that's a very interesting story, James. See, you never told me that about you. Oh, it's one of my uh, deep dark secrets. Oh my goodness! Well, one of the th- reasons that I'm happy that you're telling me this is that uh, I can ask you. Well, if if that was the culture in your family. Do you judge yourself when you're ill now and it kind of lays you low? Yeah. Yeah, it's like I'm supposed to be healthy all the time. And what's my problem if I'm not? And but as you know, about a week or so ago, I I blacked out and had to be taken in the, in the ambulance to the emergency room. Yep, 10 and days ago actually. 10 days ago. It says, mm-hmm. "What the hell? I'm used to taking my body for granted." And then my mm-hmm. body does whatever I need it to do, and that's the way it's supposed to be. <laughs> How dare it intrude upon my contentment, <laughs> causing me to black out, have a rash all over my body. I was the original red man aborigine. I mean, you, you saw me. Yeah. Uh, rash all over my body. Uh, evidently, some sort of drug reactions of some pharmaceutical drugs. I'm not sure. But it really knocked me out. And... Uh, Part of me just says, this can't be. This can't be happening. Not me. Not to mm. me. Well, that helps explain some of your blockheadedness. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when you really are ill, you carry on. But this is funny, James. I would say that you have two sides. Okay. You know, one is that you're in complete denial when you shouldn't be. Like you were woozy. You were weak. You were getting sick uh-huh. for quite a while. I mean, this didn't just happen. The fainting happened way after the rash. And by the way, I know that James meant no offense to anybody who has red-colored skin. Um, But we did uh, tease him because he's part Cherokee. Um, But um, I want my casino money. Yes. Yes, I do too. (laughs) Um, Anyway, there there was that reality that you were getting weaker and weaker and weaker. And then you go ahead and do stupid things. And then you fall down and you have to be taken away in an ambulance. I mean, that, that's pretty dumb. Yeah, yeah. And that, because it's all that denial that you're okay, you're okay. And you're, he right. was also running high fever. It was a wild allergic reaction. His face was swollen. He looked like an alcoholic, you know, gone too far. <laughs> but, I, you know, we may have mentioned this last week, actually. But the attitude towards it first is you know, this is terrible, this can't be true, this can't be happening, and then you don't take care of yourself and you don't take precautions when you're weak and when you're sick and uh, you beat yourself up. Uh, But then what happens when you finally surrender to the fact that you are sick? Then it feels like a failure. I have failed. My body has failed me. So you get mad at yourself. I do. That's very healing, don't you think? 
Yeah, that ought to help a lot. Yeah. 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 Think of all that healing energy that's come. You know, did you, when you you were a new ager, new thought person before you met me and I bonked you on the head uh, and said, there is a different way. I don't agree with that. Not to to offend people who have those beliefs, but, you know, we just did a show on the secret and uh, I have a different perspective. But do you think that um, any of that, background uh, was connected to why you were willing to uh, accept some of those beliefs. In fact, let me ask you, mm-hmm. uh, did, what was your perspective on illness before we met? Well, I, I very much took the attitude uh, that most illness was uh, largely psychosomatic and that uh, we could reverse stuff with changes in our thinking. Uh-huh, so you believed that? I did. Aha, uh-huh. and now how does it, how does it look to you? Uh, it looks kind of foolish. <laughs> because, uh, my body has its reasons. I, there's no way of talking my way out of this stuff. Yeah, but you know, there, there is a lot of truth to we can have psychosomatic illnesses and we can contribute to our illness not only with our attitudes, but also with the behaviors such as drinking and eating the wrong food and, you know, doing, you know, doing foolish kinds of things. You might get yourself in an automobile accident. Of course, it can happen to you even if you're not doing foolish things. So we can contribute to it, but we are certainly not the cause of illness. We, unless we are worrying ourselves sick, which happens, and we can depress our immune system by excessive worry or stress or anxiety, uh, some people do really want to be sick, but that's not the bulk of it. I mean, we have bodies, and you see, part of the problem with that thinking is we ha- are mind, body, spirit creatures, right? We yeah. aren't 100% spiritual. We're not 100% physical. We're not 100% mental. And so to say that, and I'm not saying that you guys out there are believing that, but those people who actually believe that it's just like James said, all psychosomatic or almost all psychosomatic are forgetting the oneness of who we are, that we are mind, body, and spirit. And the universe can get us any which way. You know, I don't care how good an attitude you have. You know, you get hit by a Mack truck, you're probably going to break something. But of course, somebody out there is going to tell me, well, I had an experience where I was hit by a Mack truck, and I just said, I will not be defeated. And they jumped up. Well, wonderful. <laughs> Congratulations. Don't put that on me, though. I can't do that. You know, you're Mr. Magic Man. Go right ahead. Uh, if, if, you know, if that were the case, then many of us would have healed ourselves long ago. So then I've got one more potentially explosive question for you, James, that okay. I want to ask you right now. I hope everybody's paying attention to this conversation. So if you have this attitude about illness, the denial conversation, um, do you, did you judge me when you met me and you saw that I was ill and that I was chronically ill and quite severely ill? Uh, wait, is the drums are rolling. I would, have to say, I would have to say that I, I was pretty accepting of it because... You'd, you'd been hit by rheumatic fever when you were 15 years old, and uh, you were bedridden for years. Uh, and I, I looked at that and says, well, you know, she's been chronically ill all these years. So 
you tried everything that you could think of, that you could discover to try to alleviate the situation. Uh, so for some reason, I didn't judge you for it. Isn't that interesting? I wonder why. But I would judge myself. I would judge myself. (laughs) Now, it's true that I didn't have, I mean, I had rheumatic fever when I was 15 and I was better, I was down for a year and a half and I never got up (laughs) because (laughs) then one thing led to another and I don't know, part of it was the treatment because, you know, it was the dark ages. They didn't know what to do. They gave me all kinds of terrible medications and part of it, I was just born with a weak body and this was just one of the many uh, illnesses that I had and uh, with uh, a weak body, so you would have uh, you would have uh, judged yourself. But I want you to look at it in your heart because I never asked you this question, and we get to mm-hmm. air our dirty laundry. Oh yeah, inside out. Here we are. Inside out, James. Why didn't you judge me? Why didn't, why I didn't judge you? you think that I could have changed this through my mind? Hmm. Because I felt that there's a limit. That there's a limit to what we can do. <gasps> Did I say that? You said the word, the Blasphemy. L word. Blasphemy. Blasphemy. Limit. <laughs> limit. You were willing to acknowledge that there was a limit to what we could do with our minds. Ooh. <laughs> How do we feel when we have to acknowledge that, guys? It sucks. It sucks. We don't like to be limited. We want to think that we can do anything we can eat anything and not get sick. We can take drugs and not be impacted. Yeah. We can do foolish things and just get and bounce back. We can do anything we want. So that sounds a lot like ego, doesn't it? Well, I'm going to throw a little monkey wrench into this, and then we're going to go to commercial break. Because I hope that you guys out in the audience are listening and thinking. And I, again, I'm not saying there are no people with us a, a real illness called hypochondria. But in addition to that, when you do finally get too sick to pretend, you fall apart. Mm-hmm. Don't you? Yeah. Don't know how I to mean, cope with it. You don't know how to cope with it. It's like, oh, my God. I'm going to tell James one of James' secrets. Right on the air. When he had his detached retina, which he had when we were doing Inside Out. and uh, Back in May, yeah. Back in May, he, the doctor told him that he could not lift more than 20 pounds. Now, he knows very well that I can't hardly lift one pound. I mean, this is <laughs> seriously true. <laughs> and he came home. And, and we had just moved. We hadn't unpacked. He said, and he came home and he said, well, I guess you're just going to have to do all of that now, Beth. I mean, here I yeah. am bedridden most of the time. Uh, And then he insisted that the laundry, that the stack of laundry must have weighed more than 20 pounds, that he couldn't possibly bring it into the bedroom. Oh, my aching back. Do you remember that? You couldn't because you said that. (laughs) that That's right. The doctor told me, the doctor said, I am excused from all this backbreaking labor. Exactly. So you could not carry a stack of laundry in because it had to have weighed more than 20 pounds. So isn't that interesting? Yes, well, yes, indeed. So isn't that interesting, James? I mean, take a look at that during our break. And I want all of you to be looking at yourselves, and we want to hear you spilling the beans on you, too. So we are ready to go to commercial break, and stick with us, because there's lots more laughing we have to do about Yeah, I want, I want to hear more about the myths. Okay. Yeah. Well, right. you've been one, one of the myths there. <laughs> you can... You're not going to get sick. You can think your way out of it. There you go. 
The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Bring Beth into your world in person or via the Internet. Learn how by visiting her website, bethgreen.org. At the website, sign up for her newsletter to keep abreast of her latest activities, blogs, videos, and more. Just for signing up, you'll receive a free PDF copy of Living with Reality, her 688-page volume that helps us understand ourselves in relatable terms, as well as offers a proven program to heal and co-create a better world. But there's more. Learn about Beth's four other books, both fiction and nonfiction. Check out her gorgeous music, which is heartfelt and mystical. Become acquainted with Beth and James's programs for healing and training, and discover their community, the Stream Center for the New Spirituality, which welcomes you wherever you are in the world. All this and more can be found at Beth's website, www.bethgreen.org. Again, that's bethgreen.org. Invite meaning and inspiration to your life. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You're tuned in to Inside Out with Beth Green and co-host James Maynard. To reach us on the show, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. If you'd rather send us an email, the address is beth at bethgreen.org. Now, back to Inside Out. Hi there. Welcome back to Inside Out, where we're discussing the delicious, delightful, a holiday topic of illness. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, we're talking about, uh, hey, some of you have sniffles right now as you're going into this holiday season and you're thinking, oh, my God, do I really have to make turkey on Thursday? And, you know, you're going to say, oh, yeah, I'm going to stuff myself with all kinds of drugs so that I can get through the holiday and have a wonderful time, regardless of what that does to my body. So here's, you know, myth, myth, mother, blah, blah. Myth number one is that it's all spiritual. We are vibrational energies. We have the unlimited potential that we can change our state by attracting thoughts of health. Home health, home health, home health. (laughs) Now, I am not saying that there aren't people who have had remarkable healing through positive thinking. But that must have been because their bodies were capable of making that shift. It would be like, all right, you take somebody uh, who's lost their legs. They have none. And say, now you say, ohm legs, ohm legs, ohm legs. You know? <laughs> are you going to grow new ones? Not in my world. So, yes, there are things, and it is really, really important how our state of mind can get us. Because, you know, we can get into this poor me, oh, my God, I'm so sick, and then we're really going down the tubes because now we're depressed or we're glum. And are there people who milk illness? Oh, my God, did I not give an example of James? Now, wasn't this a great (laughs) example? Because James is my caretaker. I shall not want (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> he make he maketh me food, and uh, at, you know, and at that time I had a fractured spine, so he also had to take a special care of me because I was more crippled than usual. Um, 
And so this was a perfect opportunity for the James to get out of those onerous jobs that he never really liked anyway. <laughs> so <laughs> since we were using your example, James, I think yeah. it's, it's fair to, because you're such a great example, honey, yeah. uh, because people will do that. It's like, now I'm entitled to yeah. be waited on hand and fit. And not only that, I am entitled to be a grump a grouch and totally selfish and self-centered. Absolutely. I, I am going to milk this for all it's worth. Now, is that a problem too? Yes. I'll tell well, you how we noticed, we noticed that happened to me with my recent uh, illness and rash and all the rest, which is I went inside myself and was entitled to uh, be a grump and <laughs> separate from you and everybody else. That's true. That is true. So that is something that people do also do with illness. And, uh, you know, it's understandable. You don't feel well. But guess what? The rest of the world still has needs. Oh, I hate that. <laughs> See, I have had so much practice being ill. I know this. If I were totally grumpy and totally demanding every minute of the day and night as I would like to be, because of the way I feel, nobody would ever want to be near me or take care of me. Then I'd be all alone with my problems, and then I'd have nobody to help me. So, so you're, forced, that, you're forced to be nice. I am. <laughs> this is enlightened self-interest. I have to use my consciousness to say, just because I don't feel well doesn't mean that he does. Uh, and and we, we really hit that because just because James, you know, when he came out of the hospital, he was very weak. Uh, he was extremely weak. I am extremely weak. I, you know, we had to sit there and say, okay, now who is going to take the dishes out of the dishwasher? You know, um, it's certainly, normally I couldn't do it. So, and sometimes you have to ask for help instead of sitting there and resenting the fact that others around you can't help you. I mean, here is a reality, guys. People around us cannot meet all of our needs. Duh. And so, just because we have an illness, and by the way, this, this applies to mental illness as well. Just because we have a mental illness doesn't mean that the people around us are that well and that they can tolerate just any kind of behavior because everybody has their problems. It's like we're all limited. Isn't that scary? And i just like to say one more thing before we go to our first caller, which is just as it's not all mental or psychological, in an aggregate, you know, some people, are, it's just mental. It's not all physical either. That's another myth. It's all physical. It's like, uh, if I implode and give up and I don't exercise when I should, eat healthy, uh, know my limits, but also uh, be willing to go through the discomforts that I need, I will not get well. And so... There are so many ways in which we see the absolute body-mind-spirit connection when we're talking about illness. And isn't that an enlightening experience? And now we'd like to talk with Elizabeth from San Diego. Hi, Elizabeth. Welcome. Hi, Beth and James. Hi. Um, well, I am so that, James. I, I do that, too. <laughs> when I get <laughs> ill, I get grumpy and rah, rah, rah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, what I noticed growing up is, uh, you know, my parents, they got sick, but unless they're, like, hospitalized, they just did whatever they had to do anyway. So you just had to function regardless. Yep. 
And then um, what I notice in my own self is, I think uh, this is my theory. <laughs> um, I, sometimes I get sick because I just need to slow down and yes. I need to take something in. You know, something yes. that's going on or a perspective or an aspect or something, some message that the universe is trying to give me. You are so right. This is the enlightened person speaking. See, I had to have somebody from the audience call with the enlightened perspective because I'm taking the other perspective. Absolutely. You know, we, we can incorporate. This is making shit into fertilizer. doesn't mean it isn't shit, but it doesn't mean we can't use it. Maybe there is something that you, maybe your body is telling you something. Mm-hmm. Maybe your body is telling you you're overloading yourself. Maybe your mm-hmm. body is telling you that you are ignoring something really important. Now, I'd like to go back to your parents for a second because how do they, how do people carry on in spite of everything? How did yours, how did your parents carry on despite everything? Um, you know, I remember my mom, she would, you know, they were farmers and so, you know, she would still go out and farm and come back in and cook dinner and even though she felt terrible. Yeah. Um, but how did she do it? How did she do it? I don't know how she did it. (laughs) I don't know either. Well, see, this is not the way it was in my family. In my family, I am happy and grateful to say that if you were sick, you were allowed to be sick. You know, if my mother had a migraine, she said she didn't feel well. And my father took over more. Uh, my father had a lot of illness. There was, we, we seem to have a lot of genes. Not my, my mom has like mega health genes. She's 100 years old and she still has more energy than I do. But, uh, <laughs> but she's slowing down and she doesn't like it, not one bit, because she likes to be independent. But my father was uh, sick a lot. And, you know, it, it, it downright nearly crushed him. It wasn't just physical. It was also emotional. And he couldn't. And I was, I'm grateful to say that my mother was very compassionate about that. And she showed a way of being that was compassionate. It isn't that they didn't try to because even though my parents weren't, on a farm where, of course, you know, the pigs and the goats and the chickens still have to be fed no matter what, which is probably why people have children when they're young and hope they're old enough to take over when they start weakening physically. Um, but it, it is problem. It's, it's true. And it's the same issue that happens to parents who, when they're sick or, and their kids are sick, still have to take care of them. But what a lot of people do is they stick themselves full of medication or drugs or whatever. I'm not saying your parents even had the opportunity to do that. And um, they try to carry on despite everything. And I've seen people, you know, they start with a small problem and they ignore it. And then the next thing you know is they're taking Percocet or other narcotics to deal with the pain of the injured back that they should have taken care of when it was a strain. And then before you know it, they're addicted. And then they have problems from the medication that cause them to take more medications. I mean, we even saw that in the hospital with James as they determined that he was probably having allergic reactions to some drug. They weren't sure which, but that didn't stop them from giving him drugs. See, and, uh, you know, because that's typically what in Western medicine we do use drugs and one of the things that I do love about the alternative medicine field is that there are other options. 
and we do look at other options, but they don't always work, and neither do the Western uh, methods always work. And, you know, sometimes you just can't help yourself, and you, you get weak, and you just can't do it anymore. But uh, a lot of times people compound their problems because they're not taking care of themselves when the problem arises. And that's the trouble mm-hmm. with that model. I mean, I really admire people who have the strength to go on uh, in the face of adversity. I admire that and I, I aspire to emulate that because I don't want to give up the towel. I mean, if I did, I wouldn't be working. I wouldn't be a counselor. I wouldn't have a spiritual organization. I wouldn't have a radio show. I wouldn't have Beth Green TV on YouTube. I wouldn't write books. I wouldn't write music. You know, I wouldn't have a school. I would have done nothing. You know, If I just threw in the towel, uh, which I could have very easily, my life would have been a lot less meaningful. And I know that it's taken a lot to push through sometimes all the fatigue and the pain, but I also know there are times when my body says no, and you're just being a neurotic, which comes back to your point, Elizabeth. You know, sometimes the body is speaking and we don't want to hear what it has to say. So I think with some of our, well, look at football players. You know, they ignore their injuries and they pay for it later. So a lot of people have tried that mind over matter and you just go out there and you just take care of things. And the result of that can be that they're 10 times more crippled later because they didn't take the prob- care of the problem then. And some people become so self-obsessed and self-indulgent when they're sick that they become 10 times sicker because they've lost the will to get well because they don't want to face whatever is going in their life that's tough, that they can use that as a way out. So what about you, Elizabeth? What is... Uh, before we go to break, our next break, what would you like to share? Oh, oh I'm different than what you said already. <laughs> Is there anything else that you would like to share? I, I don't, um, you know, I've I, I seen what all you've said. Yeah. You're probably saying this because there's something more I do have to say. There is. <laughs> You're very intuitive. <laughs> um, and by the you. way... <laughs> We, we have uh, room for more callers, so uh, if you're listening live and you want to ask, even if you've never called into Inside Out, I'm not that scary. Give it a <laughs> whirl. Okay. If not, we'll do something else. I mean, there's always plenty to do. Okay, Elizabeth, what else do you, what is it that you want to say that you're not saying? Uh, well, what's coming to mind is being sick is a way to hide from things for yes. some people. Absolutely. And That's how not do you, it for me. <laughs> well, is that is that what you do? Mm, I don't think so. No, but it's related to that. So, how do you react to people who use sickness as a way of hiding? Uh, I tend to get angry. Yes, you do. And why do you get angry? Well, I see potential in them, and if they would face what is in front of them to deal with and help them get through that instead of just hiding from it and not dealing with it. Or hiding behind their sickness or, yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah. you feel that they, that they might be able to change their lives. Yes, they could change their lives if they just stopped denying 
and dealt with it, got the help they need. Now we know what you're talking about. Okay. Yeah. Well, it, it's, um, you know, it's so painful to lose someone, someone that you really care about. And it's hard enough to lose them when it's inevitable. But it's worse to see them throw themselves away because they're not making the effort. Or at least that's your belief that they're not making the effort. On some level, now I'm going to come in and be enlightened. We can't judge. We really don't know. I'll tell you... um, it's easy to get angry and blame someone when we believe that they are withholding something that they have, some capacity that they have. And we may be right about that, but you have to be really, 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 really sure and intuitively guided to know that that is the case. I know a lot of people who have um, wondered why I could not overcome my illness. You know, and I know that there was nothing that I could do. That I, have, that I do everything that I can, and that there are times when I'm so weak. Uh, one healer said to me, and I loved him for this because he never said that, you know, that it was in my mind. <laughs> he said I was born with a weak bad body. And he said, um, you're just too weak to protest. <laughs> and, you know, to fight back is what he's saying. And that can happen. People can be so ill whether they've been ill for a long time and then it just overwhelms them or it's very acute, you see people just completely stricken, you know, with uh, terrible infections like Ebola. You know, how many people can recover from that all by themselves? These terrible illnesses that beset us and we can look at people and say, well, why, you know, tell your immune system to fight that. Well, your immune system may be overwhelmed. It's the same thing emotionally and mentally. Some people don't have the resources to fight for themselves. And if that is the case, or they claim that it's the case, or they believe that is the case, or if they act as though that were the case, we have to let go and not judge, but go neutral and say, If it is true that there is something that that person can do, may they discover that themselves. See, when I saw James throwing in the towel about the the, um, carrying the laundry, I couldn't let that go because I couldn't pick it up. And I had to confront that. (laughs) And I knew that it was in his mind that he'd become afraid. People often who have the belief in the invincibility of their bodies and they want to be limitless and all of them are actually terrified to begin with. They're afraid of helplessness. That's why they pretend that they have all this power over themselves that they don't. And when they can feel that they can't do it, they hit that fear, that terror of being helpless in the face of what's going on with their bodies, and then they fall apart. So to be able to hang in there with yourself and keep checking in about what you can do, what you can do, what you can do, and do that with others. Also, really check in with the source and say, can this person really do something else now? That enables you to be in allowance of what is 
even if it's only in their mind, and let go of the anger. So we need to go to commercial break now, but thank you so much, Elizabeth, for calling. I hope that this was helpful to you. Yes, it has been. Thank you so much. You're welcome. The Seventh Wave Channel on The Voice America Network. Bring Beth into your world in person or via the Internet. Learn how by visiting her website, BethGreen.org. At the website, sign up for her newsletter to keep abreast of her latest activities, blogs, videos, and more. Just for signing up, you'll receive a free PDF copy of Living with Reality, her 688-page volume that helps us understand ourselves in relatable terms, as well as offers a proven program to heal and co-create a better world. But there's more. Learn about Beth's four other books, both fiction and nonfiction. Check out her gorgeous music, which is heartfelt and mystical. Become acquainted with Beth and James's programs for healing and training, and discover their community, the Stream Center for the New Spirituality, which welcomes you wherever you are in the world. All this and more can be found at Beth's website, www.bethgreen.org. Again, that's bethgreen.org. The 7th Wave Channel on The Voice America Network. You're tuned in to Inside Out with Beth Green and co-host James Maynard. To reach us on the show, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. If you'd rather send us an email, the address is beth at bethgreen.org. Now, back to Inside Out. Hi there. Welcome back to Inside Out. We are talking about illness. Illness, illness, not health, health, health. We're actually talking about illness. daring to say the word. And we have a caller on the line, but before we put her on, there's just a couple of things that I'd like to share. One is when we were talking about Elizabeth and parents and people who, you know, go on no matter what, uh, youth really helps. I mean, when we are young, we have way more stamina to push ourselves into extreme situations. I, I saw that in myself lately that even though I was really ill 15 years ago, now I'm 15 years older. And I, I was able to rise to the occasion more then than I can now. My mind has not changed, but my body has. And so those people who are young and have, and have natural, natural physical strength should be, hold off, hold off the judgment about others until they know for sure that that person really does have the physical strength that they think they have or that they wish that they did have because there are there are such things as, you know, having a weaker body, a weaker constitution, or having some youth. So I wanted to mention that. And the, next, the other thing I want to say is that when we are in denial, we don't give our bodies what they need in order to heal. And that is so important. We need to be partners with our bodies. We don't like the, the vulnerability that our bodies have. But when we deny that vulnerability... We cannot give them what they need. On the other hand, when we are mentally or emotionally or spiritually weak, then when we do become ill and can't fight that, 
then we may not be giving our bodies what they need in terms of the stimulation to get strong again. It's like people, some people who have strokes do remarkable, remarkable things that I just admire them so much of what they go through in order to rehabilitate themselves. And some people can and some people can't. And you have something to share about that, James, before we go to our caller. Uh, yes, I do. Um, uh, I was told that I was weak after this recent incident. And uh, I said, yes, that's a, a present reality, but I'm going to fight for myself. Uh, I'm fortunate to have a home gym with weights and cardio uh, equipment. And so I hit the gym and I began building my strength back up. But not immediately. But not immediately, but gradually uh, as I could. Yes. And, and the result is a lot better than if I had just said, oh, I'm weak. I guess I just got to stay that way. That's just Isn't the way it is. Trick- That's just the it- way it is. It is. It's wonderful. And that you're a very good example of that, James, uh, of really going out there when you can. And I admire that. And I'm so glad that you have the physical body that's capable of recovery. Keep it going. And now <laughs> we are going to welcome on Helen from California. We haven't heard from you in a while, Helen. Welcome. Thank you. Um, my, I'm, I'm glad to get some support about this because... I'm sort of like Elizabeth that my heritage, my grandparents were farmers and my both of my parents grew up on farms. And when you have a farm and animals to take care of, it doesn't really matter how you feel. Right. You know, they have to be fed. Yes. And the crops have to be tended and so forth. So, you know, unless you are literally dying, you go out there anyway. Yes. And that's how my parents raised us, too. And I have very little tolerance for my husband, for instance, who, what I call, quote-unquote, takes to the bed mm-hmm. at, you know, at a, the first sniffle. Right. You know, his, his mother just pampered the hell out of him, I would say, when he got sick. Oh, you poor baby or something. I don't know what happened, but he certainly wasn't raised by parents who said, you know, you don't feel well, well... But do you have a temperature? No? Okay, then go. <laughs> right. <laughs> go to work. Go to school. Yeah. Well, that's interesting that you say that, Helen, because, you know, as you're saying that, I'm thinking, well, my parents were very caring, devoted parents. But if I didn't have a temperature, I went to school. It, but that was just because they didn't think I was that sick. But if they did think I was sick, they really took care of me. And, they, and so I had both. Whereas it sounds like uh, there was a kind of a lack of compassion on, uh, in your family. Is that the case? No, I wouldn't say so because I had strep throat a lot as a child till I had my tonsils out. And my mother was very loving. You know, the doctor would say, give her fruit juice or whatever. That's what they did in those days. And she would go buy grape juice. And she was very loving to me. So your, your mother didn't treat you like that. She didn't say, well, the, the hogs have to be fed. Go out there. Um, well, no, but I think there was, you know, if, if you weren't, you know, like I had a very high fever and I was very obviously very yes. ill. Yeah. Um, but I think for minor things, one would be expected to just keep going. 
Okay. Well, now so that's that's very significant, I think, because you know this is such an important question: when should you keep going, and when should you not keep going? When is it better for you to keep going because it keeps your mind active, or because uh, it keeps you engaged in life, uh, because you really don't need to settle, you know, to take to the bed? And when do you actually need it? Mm-hmm. And how do you distinguish between those two? And that's that's really important. If you are, um, I mean, I, I even though I'm basically weak, I don't stop just because I have a minor thing or even a semi-major thing. It has to be pretty devastating before I give up completely, and I can't function. And I think I'm way too much in the other direction. I don't take care of myself enough, but I'd have no life if I did. But I think that the the question of what is really for the highest good of that child or that adult? Does that person need that rest? Or does that person need that activity? It's like James was saying, you know, he started getting better and it's just been in like today, he's beginning to come back to himself. Um, and we hope that he can keep going. But up to this point, it was hopeless. It, you know, he tried to do things that he couldn't do, and it ended up knocking him out. So the real question about your husband or yourself or anybody is, is this really helping? You know, you don't, you're not on a farm, and you don't, I gather, today. And um, you don't have pigs to feed. And there is a lot of things where, where you say, well, I have certain responsibilities, though. Because it, it, you know, those aren't the only kind of responsibilities that go on. If you have, uh, I, I, we know you're a counselor because you've been on our show. And um, when you have clients, you have to really check in with for higher guidance. Is should I go on with these clients today, even though I'm sick? Is it for the highest good of all, including me, to go on? Or is it for the highest good of all, including me, to not go on, even though the client may suffer? from you're not uh, showing up for that session. It's like we have to ask for guidance. Ultimately, how do we know? I mean, I always seem to come back to the same thing. as like, well, how do we really know what the answer is? <coughs> so in the case of your husband, <coughs> how do you know that your husband isn't better off going to bed or how do you, does he know that he is? How can you get that except by being neutral and checking in? But if you come in with the attitude that you're a weakling if you don't do that, which uh, could have come from your family upbringing, or that, that it's catastrophic, you have to go on. I mean, look, I, I, I know that there have been times when, I mean, I, I had to take care of a guy who had had a stroke and uh, I was able to function for about two days. That was about 15 years ago. I-, I needed to do that, but I also had the stamina. This time I don't. You know, something had tipped in terms of my physical weakness that I could no longer do that. So even in the emergency, I couldn't do it. And so in the emergency, I needed to start using my mind. There are other things other than your back that you can use. If you're really in trouble and you're on a farm and if you go out and you try to carry on and that's going to damage you, you are stupid (laughs) because ultimately what's going to happen is you're not going to be able to take care of that farm in the long run. 
And at that point, you've got to call in your relations or your friends or your neighbors. You know, remember right. we used to have barn raising or whatever. It's to be able to realize that there's nothing shameful about our weakness, but we have to be clear about where we are. Ask for divine guidance about the, whether or not we should take this on as a necessary challenge. This is good for us or that this is just dumb and that if I get help now, I will survive because if I don't get help now, I will become more and more disabled and then everybody's going to have to take care of me and that's exactly what happens. People run themselves into the ground and then their bodies fall apart and then everybody has a full-time job whereas if they had taken care of it to start with, they would have noticed that they were losing their foot and done something about it sooner. So my only suggestion to you, Helen, is that you realize that not everybody is built the same, that you realize that sometimes it's smarter to take care of your body when something starts than wait till it gets out there and then be willing to check in and have your husband use the intuitive process as to what is for his highest good. You have to get neutral in order to do it. I'm sorry that I have to cut you short, Helen, but thank you for calling. I hope that was helpful. Thank you very much, yes. Good, good. James, we're out of time. We are indeed. The health gods are shutting us up very fast. Okay. Let's talk about next week. Yes. Next week's topic, what secrets are you keeping from others or even from yourself? Yeah, I want to know. Most of us are keeping something secret, a thought, a feeling, or a behavior. And if we're hiding something from ourselves or others, we lose intimacy and the chance to get help if we need it. On this show, we ask the questions, what are our secrets, even from ourselves? Why do we keep them? And what's the consequence to us and our relationships? If you think you're not keeping any secrets, look again. Isn't there anything you're secretly thinking, feeling, or doing in relation to a mate, boss, business partner, or friend? What's the real motive? Here's a chance to reveal a secret, and you can even do it anonymously. You can call in, make up a name, and spill the beans. Or better yet, tell us who you are and let it out. Or just listen as others share the secrets they've been keeping and see if you identify. Whether your secret is big, such as I'm gay, or seemingly small, such as I hate that dress, secrets make us feel more alone and can even make us sick. So tune in and see if you don't agree. And now, a final word from Beth. Well, thank you so much, James. I actually had fun today. I hope our listeners have fun. This is supposed to be entertaining and enlightening. I hope you got enlightened. I hope you got entertained. Thank you so much to our great callers who added a a wonderful dimension. And don't keep inside out a secret. Let people know about it. (laughs) Pass it on. I look forward to being with you next week. Until then, God bless and be as healthy as you can be. Thank you for making us a part of your week. Listen for the next edition of Inside Out with Beth Green and James Maynard next Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Have a great week.